0: following podcast contains spoilers and words like fuck and mate did we watch a thing this week yeah we did hello welcome to the show thank you for joining us here we watched a thing um we're touched we're touched aren't we billy i, I the, mean that people would give up a part of their day to join us absolutely it is touching it is speaking of being touched Let's end our little contest now and, and pick out some winners for some for some merch. Should, should we pick a patron winner first? Do it. Okay, because we love our patrons. Let's see. Pick a number for me between 1 and 12. 10. Nice round one. 10. Excellent winner. I'm really happy with this. The 10th patron in the list, Julio. Julio, our good friend from the Contrarians. We love Julio. So, Julio, you get a mug or a shirt. You let us know what you want. And we'll send that out. Let's move over to people who left reviews. Pick a number for me between 1 and 17. How about four? Here we go. Our winner is D dub417. From Tampa, Florida, Dave, Uh, his review says, I was looking for some podcasts about the movie Tenet, and I think these guys were the second one I listened to. Needless to say, I've been hooked since then and have been binge-listened since. Felt I should write a review to say thanks, and good on you. Thanks for that, Dave. Interesting, because I think Tenet is the root of most of our one-star reviews, isn't it? It it absolutely is. So, it's nice that that we gained a real listener out of our Tenet episode instead of people who just think we were shitting on Nolan. (laughs) Look. If it had been a more enjoyable film. <laughs> no, we're not going back to that well. Do not bring Tenet up again, mate. We got a nice review. Let's- I gave Tenet a positive score. <laughs> just. I think we both did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. That movie's fine. It it's should just totally be more fun. fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we talk about another movie that's just totally fine? And that possibly should be more fun. <laughs> what? So what are we talking about this week, mate? <laughs> well yeah speaking of things that should be more fun the DCEU <laughs> um we are talking about the latest instalment, Wonder Woman 1984. That's correct, which is a 2020 American superhero film based on DC Comics character Wonder Woman, sequel, of course, to 2017's Wonder Woman, and the ninth instalment, that surprises me, in the DCEU. The film was directed by Patty Jenkins from a script that she wrote with Jeff Johns and Dave Callaghan, and it stars, of course, Gal Gadot, alongside Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, Robin Wright, and Connie Nielsen. And what is it about, Toph? It is about um <laughs> it's about <laughs> a pretty fucking wild villain. Yeah. Getting some pretty fucking wild powers. Yep, yep. And because it's a superhero film, the earth potentially basically ending, or at least <laughs> yeah. human life ending, yep. um, that obviously needs to be stopped. Yep. <laughs> yep. So over to you, Wonder Woman. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Now, this is, I believe, this is the first in the new Warner Brothers model of dropping on streaming the same day. Did you get to the cinemas for this or did you make the choice to watch it at home? Look, given early response to, I didn't see this like, oh, well, because I didn't see it in the cinemas, um, to answer your question. But early response to the film, along with, you know, okay, is this worth figuring out? babysitting, yada, yada, yada. You know what? I reckon we can just watch this at home. Yeah, yeah. I did see it at the cinemas. It was my wife's birthday two days ago. So, we had a little bit of a date day. We went out and saw this in the, you know, the gold class premium lounge at our local Dendy Cinemas, which was fantastic because, you know, you get some food, you get some drink, and who cares if the movie's not great? (laughs) So, spoiler alert, (laughs) I still had a good time with the movie. I'll say that. (laughs) My favourite films to see in in the premium lounge are things that are like five or six out of ten exactly because I don't care about the fact that I'm like oh my Sunday's almost here <laughs> yeah I know yes exactly that's it. that's totally right and if people are walking around in the middle you know bringing drinks and food and clanging plates you really just don't care <laughs> yeah or if at some point you really need to stretch out because you're watching a movie that is inexplicably like two and a half hours long yeah. <laughs> Why is this movie this long? Let's get to Billy Bingo. You know that I feel all movies should be 90 minutes. This movie in particular should not be longer than 90 minutes. This movie is way too long. It's too long. And it's it's not helped by the fact that in the spirit of Wonder Woman, first hour, quite enjoyable. Yep not as good after that. And here's the thing for me. I've seen a lot of really, really bad reviews of this film. Like, really bad. Beth told me that she gave it a three and she thought she was being generous. Here's my thing with this. I think that people are forgetting that this is basically the same model as the first Wonder Woman film. De- you know, great beginning, decent, you know, to okay middle, and then really, really, really falls apart in the last 45 minutes to an hour. To me, this felt very similar to the first Wonder Woman. I liked it about the same, I think. Look, I don't like it as much as the first one. but So, yeah, I, I wasn't as high on the first one as a lot of people because, like, that film really does the, I mean, the finale – I think, and I think everyone is kind of – is on the same page now, aren't they, with the first one, that the finale really does kind of go to shit? Yeah, I think everyone's finally accepted that. When it first came out, people were really ignoring that, but – The highs of this film I don't think are as high as the first one. But then also, as you say, yeah, it kind of goes – it doesn't even necessarily – I don't know if I'd even say that this film goes to crap in the finale – as much as it just loses your interest. I, th- I think it goes to crap. I think there are some very bad things that happen in, in the final third of this film. Yeah. I and mean, look, the fight, the, the climactic fight between Diana oh, and Cheetah, oh. I'm, I mean, look, it's not good. It's, re- it's really very bad, actually. <laughs> it's really very <laughs> bad. But you know what? I did still have fun with this film. I, I will say this before we really get in the meat and bones, but I still think this is top three DCEU. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you're probably right, and that's yes. <laughs> it's not saying much, is it, about it's the not, DCEU? It's not saying but, a lot. But yeah, look, getting back to your your point of a little while ago that we've kind of strayed away from, I don't understand the the heated. While I don't particularly like this film, yes. I don't understand the heated. Dislike from it. It's me neither. Like I, I think I knew what I was walking into. Absolutely. I think it's on par with about half of the MCU and you know most of the DC EU. I don't. I don't think this is that much worse than a lot of other films. I've got to say, like this, with, with the title of this film, the setting of this film. Yeah. I'm actually, I think, mildly confused by the amount of '80s nostalgia stuff. Out there, like I don't quite get who it's for because the target audience for this film is younger than people who are like, "Oh yeah, get me some of that." This is eighties action, yeah. Like obviously, you know, Stranger Things is 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 big in in the pop culture universe right now. I'm mild not not that I'm not that I'm against it, not that I dislike it, but I'm just kind of mildly weirded out by it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you because yeah, as you say, Stranger Things does target. Uh, you know, I would say that that's more targeted at fans of you know, early Stephen King and things like that. This really is targeted at tween to teenage girls, isn't it? Like, wouldn't the prime audience for this be, you know, twelve to fifteen year old girls? Well, yeah, I mean, most comic book most comic book movies are a are a mix of the target audience is is young people and. And comic nerds, Mid- and, and and yes, a middle aged nerds. Yeah, and that's that's the same for this film. You know what I think it is? I think it's just that. So obviously, the first Wonder Woman was set in World War One. Not a lot of nostalgia going around for World it War One. Not, not a lot. There's not. I mean, they do call themselves the Greatest Generation, but I don't think yeah. there's a lot of them out there going to see Wonder Woman. E- um, even now with the pandemic, there aren't people who are like, <laughs> y- yeah. But it, it look just quietly. The original was better. The Spanish flu is where it was at. <laughs> But here's the thing for me. I actually feel like this is way too big a gap. I feel like it's kind of silly to jump from, you know, say, the the early 1900s to the 80s and for us to not see anything that happens to Diana Prince in between. I think that personally that's a bit silly. But I think what it is is that, you know, they had to jump forward in time. You know, we've now seen Diana in, you know, the, the 1910, 1920s and present day in the Justice League franchise. They had to jump somewhere in between, and I guess if, you know, the 80s is probably the most fun era. They could have gone full 60s or 70s with it and made this, you know, Wonder Woman Austin Powers, which I, I actually might have enjoyed that. <laughs> I suppose also is the fact that the night 1984 is actually, as much as we don't want to admit it, it's quite a long time ago. Yeah. Good choice, though, in making this film set before the other characters of the JL, if we can call it that. Are around because then you you skip something that a bunch of the Marvel films which if you and you look you don't want to think too hard about the Marvel films because how many of them when they're not an Avengers movie and there's like a world-ending threat you're like well, shouldn't this person have you know yeah call the others yeah yeah whereas in this one of course it is just Diana Prince so that that's a good move to set this and yeah you can debate about when when it should have been set but it's very sensible yes. to make this set decades ago not just what's Diana doing now yeah i i agree absolutely yeah Di- diana's existence or or maybe more specifically wonder woman's existence is a bit strange at the beginning of this film like i thought the same thing she's you know she's she's going around stopping robberies at a mall like she's got to be so she's fucking bored apparently um and she's getting rid of um security cameras so the world doesn't know about her she's just a she's just a neighborhood do gooder which i was i was there watching this going you know this this opening scene in the mall, it, it, it's fun enough, but- Pretty small scale. I, I feel like, I feel—I I don't know, I want a bit more for, for Diana I, I, than I, stopping I a robbery at the mall. I agree. And I, I found it very strange that, uh, like, she seemed- The opening scene, right? I mean, after the, you know, the, the little kid Diana, which we'll get back to. The mall scene, I- I found it strange that that whole sequence started with, it was her saving a lot of people, like very small time stuff, you know, even before we got to the mall. And yet people didn't seem to know who she was. It seemed like this was her daily routine to just go around saving people from, you know, very small catastrophes. Yeah, she's not in retirement. She's just going around being kind of like- like like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. <laughs> exactly. And is this what she's been doing for the last 60 years and yet somehow people still don't know about her? Does she destroy that many security cameras? <laughs> yeah. I, I found it all a bit confusing. I, find, I I agree. I found that whole concept very strange. Like, I didn't understand why they didn't just make her a known entity rather than nobody knows who she is. If this is supposedly her existence, I found it weird. <laughs> or that she really had just gone to ground. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you what does make sense, though, is that after like 70 years, you're still pining after Chris Pine. Because <laughs> you and Pine. I'm, I mean, you would be, wouldn't you? He's, I don't know, man. He's got a bit of a strange face. Chris Pine. Amazing. Nah, mate. Nah. Amazing. Nah. nah. He. The king of the Hollywood Chris's. Th- third best, Chris. Third best. No. Yeah. No. Hemsworth is above Pine top of the podium no, chris pine no uh, no way no not a chance i don't even think chris <laughs> pine thinks that <laughs> i'm not talking about like who i'm not talking about who has the best rig i'm saying who do i want to watch on screen most it's pine i still think hemsworth hemsworth i think really he does a great job of humor as well as uh, i don't know pine a little bit dry for me i think i'm not here to take shots at hemsworth <laughs> love love me some hemsworth but not as much as I love me some pine. You know who I think is the the most underrated, Chris. Topher grace, <laughs> the the sneaky Chris. The sneaky Chris. That's right. He doesn't need to put Chris out there on Front Street. He's like, look, you know I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so Chris. I can use the back half of my name. <laughs> I love it. Um. Elsewhere, we have Kristen Wiig doing Kristen Wiig things. I, no, I have to say, I, I let me say this before we move on from Kristen Wiig. I did not expect to enjoy Kristen Wiig in this film. I adore Kristen Wiig. I love her. I could not see it working. I think she was incredible. I think that she was the best thing about this film until they fucked her up with awful CGI cheater. She was the best thing about this film. Yeah, you can kind of track. How well the movie works, more or less, tracks the same as how well does Kristen Wiig work in the film? I think that's right because Pedro Pascal is always awful in this film. I, I like him usually; he's so bad in this film. And oh, that's, that's big because disagreement coming up. Though. That's because big disagreement coming up. Though. That's you know, it's not it's not his fault. What he's given to work with is fucking abysmal. <laughs> but Kristen Wiig really, for the first half of this film, does some great, great things. She is. I didn't think she would be able to pull off a role that is quote unquote as serious as this. Now, yes, it's a it's a very cheesy, very comic book role, but I didn't I did not see it. It is working. deeply unserious. <laughs> it is, but it's not it's not comedic in the way that Kristen Wigg is known for. Absolutely amazing in this film. She yeah, for the first half of this film, easily the best thing about it for me. Uh and speaking of being amazing. <laughs> Don't Pedro but, no way no yes he was so bad in this movie mate Pascal just turning it up to eleven well yes as, as what a name Max Lord <laughs> yeah and I again, mean what else are you going to do with a character called Max Lord look, yes. um I found it an absolute joy I think he's hilarious <laughs> look again I don't blame him for it because that that role is ter- he's got nothing to work with he's got no personality The 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 lack of development the fact that we are supposed to believe in the final 5 minutes that he goes to save his son when it's been made very very clear that he does not give a shit about this kid like they could not make that any clearer and yet oh, we're no, supposed to bu- no piss off <laughs> no i think that's actually pretty well established that the only thing that this guy cares about even remotely as much as his own success is is this boy. No way. No, he hates the kid. He's constantly just wanting him out of his office. You think that he likes this kid? He's genuinely hurt when, when the kid hears him say that he doesn't have time for him. But but he but he you just said it. He says that he doesn't have time for him. He says he doesn't want him there every time. Yes, he someone says, he says at a time where the world is literally spiraling out of control. That yes, at that moment, no, every, he doesn't have time for every, his kid. Every and time. even then, even then, when he's completely right, he doesn't have time for his kid. Right then, <laughs> He's still heard about the fact that his kid heard him say it. Not heard enough to go talk to his fucking kid. <laughs> Well, no, the world's spiralling out of control, mate. No, j- no, mate, And it's hard no. to turn it up to lit- 11 in a lit- scene where you're like, sorry, champ, <laughs> go play with a truck. Literally every time someone tells him that his kid is there, he yells about how, how he doesn't want him there. He yells out, you know, oh, sir- I just had him. How many weekends are there? <laughs> like, come on, mate. You've, you've just got a terrible reading. No. Max. No, 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 <laughs> no. And it just makes the end so unbelievable that we're supposed to think he gives any craps about this kid who he clearly hates. Um, you're just wrong I don't know what to tell you <laughs> um, um, I'll tell you what I do find one thing I find confusing about this film is that there's a there's a party about I don't know how far it is into the movie 45 minutes or something where it's a very swish party no one bats an eye or cares at all that two very attractive people just start snogging in the middle of a party <laughs> Is this normal behavior for a gala event? I mean in the 80s it probably was. I mean they ah, had to hide all the, they had to hide the cocaine because this is a PG all coked movie off but tits, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm sure in the especially 80s, especially Max Lord. I'm sure it was perfectly acceptable to be, you know, snogging whoever at a party in the 80s. <laughs> okay, so it's yeah, it's a good point. You, see, it's, you just anything that doesn't make sense you just put ah, it down to either 80s <laughs> or cocaine. That's that's right. Or you know. <laughs> the the film speaking of attract the one of the attractive people snogging in the middle of a party the film um in no way deals with the fact that they've just gone full body snatcher with bringing yeah. chris pine's character back and like what a like what about this poor guy i think he's credited i think the character's name is handsome guy or something right. here's something that i actually don't understand i don't understand the need for that I mean, this the Wishstone seems to be able to make anything happen at all. Um, like, it literally turns Chris and Wig into a, into a cheetah beast. <laughs> so, it's not like it needs to stick within the realms of reality. And body snatching isn't within that anyway. So, I don't understand why it didn't just bring Chris Pine back. He's played by himself for the entire film just about anyway. There's There's one or two scenes where you see that other guy as Chris Pine- Mm. I did not understand the purpose for that. Is that is this guy replacing the Chris Pine character? Are we going to see him in future films? I, I did not uh, understand a need for it. The return of handsome guy. Could we see it? I just don't understand why they went that route with it. Because it didn't add anything to the film, really. Look, once we, once we get Pine back into the story, because why wouldn't you? Um, like, there's there's a chunk of the film here which- I, f- I think it's just undeniably fun. Because I agree. There is something yeah. just undeniably fun about someone being amazed by stuff that is now very old. Yes, absolutely. Even cheesy stuff like when he's trying on clothes, you can't help but have a little smile to yourself. <laughs> oh, that sequence I thought was pretty bad, but then, <laughs> but then after that, and this uh, like a, it it needs two people that work together well on screen. That's right. Which yes, we already know from the first film that these two do. Yeah. Um. But Chris Pine walking around being schooled by Diana, who was in the previous film was the real fish out of water. Um, look, it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. They have great chemistry together. You know, and as che- this film is super cheesy. And it, that's clear from the start. And I think that's fine. It's a comic book movie. It's set in the 80s. It was going to have a ton of cheese. You know, stuff like The Invisible Plane, you can't help but smile at that moment, I think. Oh, I thought that was deeply stupid. <laughs> So we are just completely disagreeing on so many things. I was not here at all for Invisible Plane. Really? I didn't mind it at all. I think the whole, prim- you know, the way they got on it was stupid. When he's like, I don't have a passport, mate. You're in someone else's body. I'm pretty sure if you just go back to that apartment, there'll be a passport somewhere. I don't think that's an issue. Um, but, I mean, you knew it was coming. Like, Wonder Woman had an invisible plane. As soon as they get on the plane, you're like, oh, this is going to be fun. They're going to, you know- that I would go so far as to say, and like it's not because of the I'm not placing this much importance on the invisible plane, but it's kind of my cutoff point for where I yeah, okay, I'm having a reasonable amount of fun with this film. Because even even the escape, like it's still actually quite funny, like when there's a moment where Chris Pine turns to Gal Galgadot and, and just does this, well shit, Diana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when when she says she forgot to explain radar. Their timing together on screen is good. Yeah, The the lighthearted stuff in the script in that chunk of the film, I think, works. Um, Diana talking about losing the invisible mug, like, <laughs> yeah, quite funny. Yeah. Um, and, and then the rest of the film happens. <laughs> For me, I had a lot of fun with this film right up until the White House. For me, the scene when they go to the White House is when everything turns around. Yeah. Like, there's that incredibly bad scene between Pedro Pascal, who's terrible in the film, and the president, who is also terrible in this film, (laughs) Um, that entire sequence is terrible. The very, very lame setup to, oh, what's this that happens to be in your office? Oh, t- television oh. set that- oh, oh, wow. This happens to grief. be right here right now. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That could, was a stunning work of convenience. Oh, wasn't it just? Um, like, everything from that point on got extreme and not just silly, like silly would have been okay. Uh, you know, there's a suspension of disbelief. Like the convenience stuff is okay to a point. It just got Bad for me. <laughs> I, you know, I did a, a little bit of googling while the movie was on. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly what plane they were in, but an FA eighteen has a range of about two thousand seven hundred kilometers. Yep. How'd they get to Cairo? How far is Cairo? It's significantly more. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to cross the Atlantic, which uh, famously is an ocean. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Long way. (laughs) Good not to ask too many questions about the plane in general. I mean, don't they then also return on the plane? Yes. So they do a return trip. I doubt they're fueling up in Cairo. How are they going to do that? Plenty of oil in Cairo. (laughs) And here's the thing for me. I actually don't mind the premise. The premise of the monkey paw wish is something that I've always quite enjoyed. You know, you go back to classic Twilight Zone The idea itself is something that I really quite like. I don't think they did enough with it in this film, though. I don't think there's any... I didn't feel personally that there was ever any real risk associated with a wish. We don't see enough bad things really happen to anybody that it really feels like a substantial part of the story, I think. You just don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about it. You don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about it to go so no one wished for world peace the, yes exactly nobody wished for something good that that's just completely unrealistic when you know he's supposedly giving the entire world wishes yeah. it just doesn't track and even it's but very convenient you know cocaine well yeah cocaine <laughs> and diana just she seems to lose her powers and gain them back fairly conveniently she's not yeah, she doesn't that's- really lose them <laughs> Yeah, it's like she goes from not being able to bust a lock in one scene to yeah. then being able to race down a tank later. And it's like, well, hang on, were these things waning or are they just coming and going? Well, it's exactly. Because it's, it's clearly not linear. Yes. Yep. Honestly, it's a part of the film I could just completely do. it. I don't want Diana without her powers. Well, and we don't want no Chris Pine either. <laughs> yeah. this like, The film is called Wonder Woman. Like, yes. I do want Diana to be kicking ass. Yes. You know what else I really don't want is that awful cheater. <laughs> yeah, not good. And here's the thing for me. I don't I don't care if that is a character from the comic book. That's not this character. That's not the character they've set up. It, that transition does not feel in any way um, set up to me. At the point where she then further wishes to- I don't even know what it is she wishes that makes her a fucking cheater. Like- like, that just does not make sense. And what they do to it is so awful. That final fight is just one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's it's up there with, like, the early 2000s Catwoman film. Haven't seen it. Oh, you've made a very wise choice, my friend. <laughs> I've always suspected that that was the case. There's there's a really cool fight scene to be made there that is not these two swinging off things. Yes. Yeah. Really, really disappointing stuff. Um, Can we go right back to the beginning? Because I feel like the very best scene in this film is the scene that we open with, which actually doesn't even have Gal Gadot or Chris Pine or anyone else in it. It's Little Wonder Woman running that fucking marathon. That rocks. That was a good sequence. I think the studio wanted to cut it. I, I read that, that they wanted to cut either that or the, or the mall scene. And I'm like, well, to be honest, if you're going to cut something, I think it should be the last 45 minutes. <laughs> I think the first half hour is easily the strongest part of this film. I'll tell you what, I liked that child actress, that little Wonder Woman. Yeah, they didn't make her do too much because it was, I mean, yeah, she's not good. No, mate, no. Now you're just being harsh. I, I think that was easily the best action sequence. I think that it had some good heart to it. It it did the most character establishment that any scene in the film did. I I very much enjoyed the opening of this film. And in, like, true 80s fashion, it's like, okay, we learned a lesson and we move on. That could have just been the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roll now here's credits. some coke. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you took the shortcut, you don't get to win. Let's go do a line. Um I bet Diana could put back a lot. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um on the on the production front, I I've spoken a little bit about the CG in terms of Cheetah, which was I mean mainly it was the design of that I think that was awful. I think for the most part the the production of the CG isn't bad. It's a bit hard because nothing really feels like it has weight to it. But at the same time, I'm not sure that it's really supposed to because Wonder Woman is supposed to be quite graceful. You know, you look at Gal Gadot when she lands after flying. It's not like when you see other superheroes land and they. You think of the classic crash down on the pavement. You don't expect that, but it 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 is this weird kind of where is the weight here, <laughs> um. But all in all, I think the CG is not terrible. Yeah, it's a problem with a lot of CGI that you just like you just you don't feel the forces of gravity at all. And that's the case, like in the, you know, the car chase sequence. Yes. Um, in Egypt, where even even like I would I would say that her and it's an effect that I really quite enjoy is seeing a superhero run faster than a car, like just at a really kind of base level. It's just cool. Yeah. Um it doesn't look as cool in this as it does, say, when Black Panther and Captain America do it yeah. in Avengers Two Point Five. <laughs> yeah, um, the like I, I thought the effects there were were actually a bit ropey of her running along the highway. Yep, but but look, it wasn't like I mean there are some. I remember the first time we saw Diana in in Justice League when she's up atop of a bridge and it was just like oh. Yeah. The effects in this film already suck. <laughs> yeah. There there, were, there weren't moments like that for me in this film where I was just like, no. "Oh god, what am I watching?" Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um I think the general cinematography isn't bad, and I mean much like the first one. The the score is great. Like it's it's Hans Zimmer. It's got that great Wonder Woman theme by Junkie XL. It's it the score works. I thought that Captain Marvel went too far with this, but I do find it strange that this film does not lean into the time period, music-wise, at all. I did find that strange too. Not a single '80s track to be found. I did find that a bit bizarre. On the score front, I'm ten years ago. I probably didn't think this this moment would come. I'm a bit over Hans Zimmer. You're a bit over his his <laughs> Just all a bit much, and you know what? I'm done. Do something new, please, Hans. I've easily been out-zimmered before. I'm not a fan of his Christopher Nolan scores. Um, I thought that this was was a good balance of of zimmerness with actual musicality. I liked this one quite a bit. But I I agree with you on Zimmer out-zimmering himself. (laughs) Tell you something I can't speak about at all is the post-credit scene because I didn't watch it. Ah, okay. There is no post credit scene as such. I sat there waiting till the end because they didn't bring the lights up. There's nothing after the credits. Um, what there is, is something literally a, f- a few credits in. So, so, you don't know what it is? No. Wonder Woman, we assume, is walking down the street. I forget exactly what happens, but something happens. Something f- is going to fall on someone or something, and she reaches out and stops it. And someone's like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. She turns around, gives a little nod. It's not Gal Gadot at all. It's Linda Carter. Ah. They say, thank you very much. You know, what's your name? She says, I forget the name, but it's it's that name that Gal Gadot said about the, the armor. Uh, that's it. I've just kind of had a gut full of stingers and post-credit scenes. I'm just like, fuck. No, nah, you know what? Fuck off. If you've got a story to tell, do it. Yeah. I'm fucking done with this shit. These days- they, all it is is trying to set up sequels and there's no storytelling there. It's, it's, it's more like a tease, but you almost have to watch it for the next thing to make sense, which I'm getting really annoyed about. And MCU are going so much further than this now with all the TV series where, you know, they've come out and they've said that. All these new TV series on Disney Plus, they're all, you know, canon, part of the MCU. They will drive the story forward. If you don't watch them, you won't get the next movies. I'm not going to watch it. I might watch WandaVision, maybe. I'll at least watch the pilot just because that looks kind of interesting. I'm certainly not going to watch anything about Hawkeye. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) I could not give a toss about Hawkeye. (laughs) All right, so how are you going to score this then? I'm really curious to see if if this is just a five for you or if it's gonna be lower or higher. If quality-wise the film ran in reverse order, I think both we and probably the whole world is a lot kinder to it. Yeah. If you start off crap but come good, you're gonna cause then you just walk out of a cinema feeling good. Yeah. With this, even though even though a decent chunk of this film I found enjoyable, unfortunately for the film, it's the first hour and by the time the film ends that was a while ago especially cuz the film is far longer than it should be so ultimately yeah i probably do find the film to be somewhat subpar i'm a 4 out of 10 i don't think it's deeply shit house i just think it's i just think it's not very good um which you know interestingly it's to the I, I go back and forth with this with real with the real MCU heads in that i think it's to their credit that they they don't freak out when they get a movie that's just not very good they're just like oh yeah cool watched it move on and also sometimes i'm like geez you will just give a tick to fucking anything (laughs) won't you Uh, (laughs) like you know when iron man 2 thor 2 these films that are like they're not good but people did not lose their shit wonder woman 1984 comes out a film that's not very good and people lose their shit yeah but then you have to wonder about the biases you certainly do have to wonder don't you I I have the exact same sentiments as you, and my score would probably be the same, maybe even lower than yours, had I watched this at home. But I must say... I do have cinema bias <laughs> because when you watch a movie at home like this, you just you really feel like it's wasting your time. You're like, I could be doing anything right now. Whereas I got to sit in a dark room. They brought chicken tendies to me. <laughs> like, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a 5 on this because I I no, no matter how bad it got towards the end, I still I can't say that I didn't enjoy my time. And I really did like the first hour at least of this film. So, pretty good DCEU film. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, compared to DCEU films, yeah. (laughs) Killing it. All right. What are we getting to do next week, buddy? Uh, We're shifting gears and going a bit highbrow next week for Chloe Zhao's new film, Nomadland. That's right. It it did feature in your top of the year list uh, last episode. Yep. Solid five out of (laughs) ten. All right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that one with you. Alright, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at WeWatchTheThing.com or WeWatchTheThing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, all under the handle at we Watch the thing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at Patreon.com forward slash thing, and we'll catch you next week.